This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. This week we spoke with Democratic pollster and head of Schoen Cooperman Research, Carly Cooperman, and Colin Reed, a Republican strategist and founder of South and Hill Strategies, about what Democrats are doing in light of the president's low poll numbers and how Republicans plan to capitalize on them ahead of midterms. Cooperman said Democrats have a problem, but their best strategy is to keep things local. Reed said as excited as the GOP may be, the Senate map is still tough and Republican optimism should be cautious. We often have to cut interviews down for time during the week, but we thought you might like to hear these full interviews. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the Weekday Rundown podcast if you haven't already. Now, up first, Carly Cooperman on the Fox News Rundown Extra. What is your sense, first off, of what a president's poll numbers mean down ballot, especially maybe in, like, House races? Uh, The president's poll numbers certainly impact how things are going to be down ballot. Biden's poll numbers are, are, are really low. You know, it's everywhere. It's poll after poll. And it certainly is going to hurt the Democrats down um, through congressional races. And voters give are giving poor handling, poor ratings down to Democrats' handlings of key issues in addition to President Biden. And so when you have a party in charge in Congress as well as a president, who all have bad ratings, it's it's going to have an impact at the congressional level and even more local. Yeah, the, the headlines have got to be hard to read. I mean, even a New York Times editorial titled Biden bloodbath. Um, it was it was not um, it, it was not like a, a, an editorial that was particularly hard on, on the president. But still, that title alone is I'm just wondering when Democrats see some of these headlines, especially Democratic candidates, What's sort of the gut level reaction you have and are sensing among other Democrats, especially when you talk about the future, like midterms and even maybe even beyond midterms? Yeah, look, the, the voters are really dissatisfied with how things are going right now. And there's there's fatigue from the ongoing pandemic. Inflation's at an all time high. Voters are worried about crime and public safety, the Ukraine war and how it's going to impact Americans. And, and at the end of the day, you know, they hold the president accountable as well as the Democrats in Congress who have a majority. And it's going to it's it's not good for Democrats at any level. And I don't think there's a way to say that it's going to be a positive outcome. But that being said, um, you know, you're not seeing Republicans put forth any kind of agenda or any kind of plan to take on any of these issues. Their strategy thus far, I mean, Mitch McConnell's even said so, the strategy is just to kind of let things continue and, and, you know, hope that it hurts Democrats. So, you know, at the local level for people running for office, it's still about just getting voters to turn out. Because at the end of the day, I don't think that people who voted for Biden are necessarily going to be going over and voting for the Republican side, especially at the down ballot level. It's just a matter of getting them to show up at the end of the day. Interesting. Um, that The Quinnipiac poll that, that found a 33% approval rating for the president last week, mm-hmm. um, it specifically found only 21% approve of the president if they are between the ages of 18 and 34. I wanted to to go there with you. What what do you think is is happening and does it signal something worrying maybe even more broadly about how young people feel right now? 
Yeah, look, young people are very pessimistic. Um, they have very little reason to feel positive towards what's going on in the country. They're they're frustrated. They you know have a great sense of fatigue and and just general skepticism towards the ability of government to get anything done. And this speaks to the voter enthusiasm gap. And that's something that I personally am most concerned about because we see in a lot of different metrics, like the one that you pointed to in the Quinnipiac poll and some others that have come out where enthusiasm on the Republican side is greater right now towards the elections than on the Democratic side. Um, And seeing young voters feel, you know, have lower ratings definitely is another way of pointing to a lack of enthusiasm, um, given that younger voters are largely democratic. And so there is just a great deal of pessimism coming from voters. And, and to me, the biggest concern is getting those people to turn out. Well, as we know, in six months in politics is actually quite a, quite a bit of time. A lot can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and some some Democrats say the answer, you know, kind of is to go hard or go home, basically. I think that's what Senator Warren is essentially saying um, in that recent op-ed where she said, yeah. you know, look, Democrats need to pass some legislation now, sort of akin to, I guess, build back better. Um, I think I remember some polling last year was favorable towards some aspects of build back better, even if it did mean more spending. Mm-hmm. Is is that the answer or part of the answer? And and if it is, what aspect of, of Build Back Better would you say specifically Democrats should maybe work on or, or look at in the, these next few months? Look, Warren it was right in her op-ed to say that Democrats need to acknowledge the harsh economic realities that are facing people in the day-to-day lives. Um, we have seen in a lot of polling that voters believe that the Democratic Party is out of touch. And without acknowledging these concerns that are driving voters day in, day out, the Democrats are are far off. And so I think she was right to say that. I don't necessarily think all of her solutions are the right course. You know, things like raising taxes on billionaires or making corporations pay more. They're popular among progressives, but it's not going to hit home with the voters who are just upset about inflation. They're you know, their cost of living is so high, they're worried about crime. And so, again, I I think she's right to say that, you know, there, there needs to be, there's a messaging, it's not just a messaging problem, like the Democrats do need to put forward um, some more policies and try to get things done. But we also know the reality of things right now. Is it's, it's very hard to get things done. This is why Biden's agenda has stalled so much. Um, you know, it's just a fine majority in the Senate that exists. And it's, you know, he's losing the support of Manchin. So some of her policy positions, even the ones that are more popular across the aisle, like, you know, um, not letting members of Congress uh, trade stocks. Sure, it's popular, but I don't necessarily believe that that's going to make the difference in building support for the Democrats. Finally, Carly, any advice to Democratic candidates, especially maybe the newbies, right, those who haven't maybe held office before, who are running right now. And and is the advice and I'm going to just I guess put these words in your in your mouth and you could refute them if I'm wrong about it, but would some of the advice be look just make it about what's happening in your district in your state, mm-hmm. you know, keep it local regardless of like yeah. sort of the broad national news picture. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's all about making it local for these candidates. It's connecting with voters about the economy and inflation for sure, because that is driving their day to day. It's it's talking about public safety and about crime is something else that we know that's really 
um, hitting home with voters right now. But it's it's absolutely about the local issues, because at the end of the day, I really don't believe that many Democrats are going to go instead and vote for the Republican running there. It's just a matter of getting Democrats to turn out this fall. One more question for you. Um, What do these poll numbers and any outcome in the midterm elections uh, that, that is disappointing to Democrats, what would all of that mean for the progressive agenda uh, in the in the Democratic Party, for the progressives in the Democratic Party? Well, there certainly is a division in the Democratic Party between the progressive wing and the more moderate wing. And I think that extends to the approach in terms of what they think needs to be done. Um, you know, AOC has certainly gone out and, and blamed Manchin and um, I think those in the more moderate wing have, have blamed the progressives. But I, I would argue, based on the polling data that we're seeing, that there is a belief that the Democratic Party has gone too far to the left. And I think that there's the period of time where the progressives were, were building, they were getting elected, people were hearing them. It's certainly a reaction to Trump um, when he was in office. But I think that what's happened now is there seems to be more of a course correction where it feels like they're out of touch. Not that people, you know, don't necessarily support climate change, but when, for instance, but when you're talking about these big ideas and it's out of step with just the day-to-day struggles of ordinary people, it's just, I think it's that they have gone a bit too far. And I think we're going to see this fall that um, some of the progressives are going to struggle this this fall of the election. Carly Cooperman, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. Now, as excited as Republicans may be, a Fox News poll out in March found respondents only want a Republican-controlled Congress by two points more than a Democratic Party-controlled Congress. Now we'll hear from Colin Reid on how the GOP should move forward over the next six months. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. As you know, I'm sure Jen Psaki, the White House spokesperson, said on a podcast recently that Republicans have nothing going on, nothing to offer despite their complaints about the current president. Um, And I think it was at Monday's press briefing, she said um, that Republicans don't have anything except Senator Rick Scott's plan. And she went after that plan over over taxes. Um, I know that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has said that plan is is a no-go. When you sort of look at the, the landscape of Republicans and what they're talking about, what is the GOP specifically offering other than just we are not Joe Biden and we are not the Democrats. Well, when you when your party controls the White House and especially when your party controls the White House and Congress, that's what the alternative parties, the opposing parties job is, is to be an alternative, to offer a different set uh, of principles. It doesn't necessarily need to put out a, a clear uh, uh, policy prescription. It just needs to be an alternative from the status quo. And the White House doesn't like that because their guys and President Biden's approval rating is at 33%. Uh, the midterm elections are coming. 
happening. And according to his own pollster, there's uh, very little they can do to change the environment. Uh, and, and they're in, in line for a shellacking. So I get why the White House is eager to make the focus on Republicans. But if you're an everyday voter right now, you're really concerned about energy. You're really concerned about inflation. You're worried about what's happening at the border. Crime is running rampant through these cities. And the idea that the Republican Party needs to have a policy platform to be for at this point, it's premature for that. These are important discussions that should and will be had if and when Republicans regain the majority. But right now, they're the alternative party, not the governing party. What is it about the Biden administration thus far that Republicans feel hits home with Americans most? You just referenced a few of them. But I would imagine it's maybe kitchen table, wallet issues. I think even polling has indicated that, right? Like inflation and and economic related. Is it that or is it something else? And what do you see in terms of what Republicans may focus in on? Well, there's a chorus of things that are not going right right now. And by the way, I take no joy in that because it's politically it might be good for the American for the Republican Party, but it's tough times for the American people right now. And I would say the big one that you hit on, Jess, is inflation. Uh, Prior to this year, inflation was a term that anyone under the age of 40 only knew about in a textbook uh, as an economic principle. Hmm. It was not something that we talked about. Now a lot of people are sitting around trying to figure out how to make ends meet for for basic uh, foods and goods. Uh, Gasoline is up 18% over the last year. Uh, Inflation itself, uh, everything everything in our lives costs more money, and it's really tangible because it's it's month over month. And the Biden administration from the beginning – even if you don't expect them to solve the problem, they've just had a very – they don't have a, a, a credibility to even speak about it because if you remember last year, they were waving off the the, the warning signs that folks like Larry Summers, who was President Obama's uh, Treasury Secretary, was saying over the summer it was going to be a quote-unquote transitory issue. Uh, and then the war in Ukraine right. started, which of course didn't make things better, but I don't think the American people are buying that it's quote-unquote Putin's – uh, uh, price hike. So uh, everything is more expensive right now. And that's something that just hits home uh, every each and every day. What would you think the GOP plan might be then specifically on that? Because it does seem like our global supply chain and how interconnected we all are and how much we really rely on other countries to make our stuff is at the root of many of these inflationary pressures, you know, whether it's COVID shutting down factories in China or a war in Ukraine. I mean, how do you combat that in the short term? Or what do you think Republicans might propose in the short term? Because bringing back manufacturing or incentivizing companies to come back is obviously going to take some time. I think the first thing that a Republican-led Congress should and could do is put the brakes on some of these spending bills that are coming through Congress. Uh, It's pretty clear at this point that the $1.9 trillion bill that passed last March uh, was unnecessary. Uh, We were coming out of COVID and that was just pouring the equivalent of pouring gas on an inflationary fire. Yes, of course, we were going through a a global pandemic the last few years. It it was unprecedented times, but it's also not an excuse uh, for the party in charge to just pass their legislation uh, and 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 put everything underneath the umbrella of COVID, uh, I think we saw and yesterday finally with uh, the, the 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 mask mandate on planes being loosened that now the the society the country is ready to move, turn the table on COVID and go back to a sense of normalcy. And as we kind of come out of that, if you're coming out of this time period. It's, it's going to be incumbent on Republicans and conservatives to go back to their roots, to put the brakes in some of the spending, uh, because, frankly, both parties have had a role to blame as to how we got here. And, and now it's time for the Republican Party to, to differentiate themselves and to show themselves as actual good stewards of, of people's hard-earned money. 
Colin, finally, what is the biggest risk for Republicans heading into midterms? Everybody's, you know, everybody on the right is very excited. They see the polling. They think it's kind of a slam dunk. But we still have, you know, half a year to go. Um, I'm just wondering, in terms of risks, is it a Supreme Court ruling that upholds Mississippi's abortion law that could rally Democrats? Or is it Republicans themselves taking an issue, you know, too far that maybe backfires? You know, what, what would you caution Republicans for the next six months? You know, the biggest warning flag I see sitting here in April of 2022 about the next six months from a Republican point of view is candidate quality and the fact that we the Republicans need to run good campaigns. The Senate map is still really tough for Republicans, and anyone who thinks otherwise is whistling past the graveyard. Yes, political environment matters. Political climate matters. The fact that Biden's approval ratings are in the low 30s, that's a huge anchor around the neck uh, of Democrats everywhere running for re-election. But we have to make sure that we nominate candidates who can who can articulate and carry a message into battle and, and not uh, fall into the traps that the Democrats like to set for them, because in, especially in these Senate races, uh, the House House elections tend to sway by and large by the national electorate, but down ballot or up, I guess, up the ballot at Senate races, that's where candidates really matter. Uh, candidates can separate themselves a bit from the pack, and it's not just a preordained uh, victory. So if there's anything right now, in, in addition to just an overall sense of um, spiking the football before the votes are cast, I would say for me, it's candidate quality and the strength of these campaigns, as we see in really tough blue and purple states across this country. Colin Reed, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Did you hear the news? Now you can. With instant updates from Fox News for Amazon Alexa. Just say, Alexa, play news from Fox. In Fox News. It's the latest when you need it. On demand from Fox News and Amazon Alexa.